With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is one I found buried in the archives from 2017 with Joe Osavet, who's now the tight ends coach at the University of Tennessee. In this episode, he talks to us about game planning and addresses different situations if you know Joe Osavet, he's really into manipulating the defense, and we get into some of the things he does with RPOs and how he treats those things in his game planning during the season. As the head coach at Asa Community College, when he joined us here, they were a team that was just tearing it up on offense, leading the country. Joe was the JUCO Coach of the Year, and he shares some great insight here into the game planning process. Enjoy. I'm excited about our guest here today. He is a repeat performer, Coach Joe Osavet from Asa Community College in New York. And these guys are doing just phenomenal this year. They're sitting at 6-1 and one in a bye week here. They're third in the country in scoring at uh, over 49 points a game and first in red zone proficiency. Uh, Coach does a great job with his manipulation of the defense, uh, especially through the utilization of RPOs. Uh, Coach, it's great to have you back here on the podcast. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me again. Coach, let's let's talk about how you guys do it. Obviously, um, you know those things that scoring, the, that kind of proficiency on the field really starts with uh, putting together a great game plan. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys do to put together your game plan. Sure. Uh, you know, every time I do one of these things, everyone's always asking me, you know, RPO stuff. I think you have to be able to dive a little bit deeper than just the RPO and make sure that you come up with a game plan that gives you the evaluations uh, to score some points. So I think that's important. First thing we do is, is you got to find out, especially from an offensive standpoint, what is your quarterback good at? What is your quarterback, what can he do from an execution standpoint um, that he can execute at a high proficiency level? I think that's the most important thing. Obviously, if the guy can run a little bit, you want to get some perimeter runs, uh, RPOs, where it's run-pass option on the perimeter. If he's not more of a mobile kid, I think you've got to do some more vertical uh, type of RPOs. I think you have to mold your offense around your trigger pull. That's my philosophy, and I think we do a good job at that. You know, there's a checklist we have. You know, the checklist consists of what do we want to do? How do we attack certain fronts in our run game? How do we attack certain coverages in our pass game? What do we want to do protection-wise? Um, what is our RPO game going to look like? And obviously that goes in. Uh, you do some um, some off-season scouting of how teams, you looked at the years prior, how teams tried to attack you from a defensive standpoint. 
And then you try to build your components around those type of things. You know, what are they doing from a defensive standpoint that's successful? Are they a big blitz team? Um, you know, what are some key situations in the football game where, you know, they're going to bring add-on pressures? Are they going to play coverage? What are they doing versus empty? So the, and, and create a checklist. And that checklist should be created in the offseason. So this way it helps you, you know, once the season comes around, obviously time is, is, is short. So the, the more things you can do in the offseason, season the better it will enhance you to do uh and free up some time within within uh within season um another big thing we do is we have our quarterback sit in our game plan meeting you know so this way they understand when the offensive coach is sitting there hey this is what we're looking to get done um i i don't I, you know i've been doing this for 24 years now we just started to do this the past three years i think it helps us because now you're getting your quarterback say hey look we're getting this third down and seven situation here. Here's what they're going to do. They're looking to bring pressure from the weak side. Hey, if we're in this protection, let's check it to the other side. Let's throw away from rotation, so on and so forth. So I think uh, having our quarterbacks in there, it helps us. Um, it involves, you know, it, it also tells us what they like to do. You know, what do they feel comfortable in certain situations? Like I touched upon, you should have a checklist made out. You know, you're facing a 4-3 over front team. But what are your best four runs that you want to do versus a 4-3 over? You know, you want to rep them as much as you possibly can. Maybe you're getting a 3-3 three, three stack that week. Well, what are the three or four runs that you feel comfortable that you can run at a high proficiency level uh, versus a 3-3 three, three stack and so on and so forth? You know, pass game. I think pass game is very situational. Uh, that's my opinion. What do teams want to play? How do teams want to cover three by one on first and ten? Are they going to play specialty? Are they going to play some type of palms? You know, and here's your, here's your, here's your four or five opening opening uh, uh, pass plays that you want to do in first and 10. Now, a first and 10 could be substantially different to how a team's going to try to play on third and seven. You know, third and seven could be a pressure team. You know, maybe they're going to play one free or man. Maybe they're going to play some type of zero rotation. So you you need to have situation and uh, specific plays that you think you can execute. Uh, uh, and there's a significant difference between openers, which we consider first first downs, and what we consider third downs. So you, there's got to be a, 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 a substantial difference in how you're going to go about game planning that. Um, what are what are some of the tendencies what they do with their front? On first and ten, are they rocking their front? Are they moving? Are you getting a ton of games on first and ten? Are you getting more of a vertical type of rush from the defense? On third down, are you getting more games? They play Oki. What are they doing with their front that you can tie into maybe their blitz pressures? So we, we try to cover every single scenario, and, and this is how we rep it during the week too. Let, let me Before I get to that, let me just mention this. So we'll put every formation on our board. So we'll have our first and ten. This is the look we're going to get, okay, predicated on our huddle, our tendency reports that we print out. And that's how we attract. So we try to attack every single component. First down, this is how we're going to attack it from a run-pass standpoint, protection standpoint. Second down, how we're going to we – we separate. Our second down is going to be second five to seven or second and long. Our second and long, we're going to try to attack it. How can we get ourselves a position – to make it a manageable third down. And in third down is a whole separate entity. You know, we're going to say third and short, which is anything four or less, and then third and five or long. So how are we going to attack that predicated on what the front coverage protection is going to be? And then practice, Sundays will be our short yards goal line. Mondays are going to be our openers. So everything in our Monday, from our half-line skelly, seven-on-seven to our – 
combination periods are all first down. Tuesday is going to be our third down day. Okay, Tuesday we're going to get out there. We're going to rep. Here's our third and mini, third and short. Here's our third and long. So what I'm trying to get at is the more relevance your kids know how they can tie in of what we do. Like our kids know, hey, on Sunday we're goal line short yards. This is what we're going to be working on. On, on Monday, this is going to be our openers. These are the 20 plays that we're going to open up with when we get first and 10. Tuesday, our kids know, hey, here's our protections. We'll have our blitz period put in. This is our protections of what they're going to be for third down, and this is what we're going to go to. Uh, you know, We'll break it down, third and 11 plus, third and seven to 10, third and five to eight, third and short. And we'll rip those. Every single day we'll rip those. And then Thursday is our uh, – Thursday is our, is our, we'll have a re, two review periods in there and we pull review periods. What we mean by that is anything that we didn't feel comfortable with. Uh, we thought that we need to get more reps of on Thursday. We'll do that. So we'll have two periods of that. That'll be 10 to 12 play scripts. We'll get a half line scale in there and that half line scale can, res, can consist of, uh, you know, your opening passes. Okay. Or it could consist of your third down day. So anything that we need to go over again Thursday is kind of our review day from a scenario standpoint. I hope that makes sense what yeah. I just said. But. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, I, you know, the thing is interesting, and I, I'm sure you have a reason for doing it. You put the, the short yardage and goal line early in the week. Um, is, is that primarily because maybe those are a little bit uh, heavier as far as contact? Yeah, yeah, but it's more so, to be quite frank with you, we do that because we break our films down on Thursday. So really, there's not significant adjustments on the goal line. Teams right. are going to do a, a couple of things for you. It really don't change. Mm-hmm. What are you going to get in the goal line? You're going to get zone, you're going to get man. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some type of loaded front, either bare, or they're going to just play in your base. So the reason why we do it on Sunday is because it gives the coaching staff another night to dive into – tendencies, if you will, from the defense where a lot of our stuff doesn't significantly change within our short yards goal line package. So that's why we do that on Sunday. Now, Monday, now the game plan's primarily in. It gives us Sunday to meet with the kids and talk about the game plan, hand out the game plan packets. But it's not so much that it's more of contact. It's more so that there's not significant changes to the game plan from week to week. Makes sense. Because, because people only do a couple of things in, in the red zone. Right. And, and, Coach, obviously you guys have had a lot of success this year in the red zone. You're number one in the country. Uh, talk to us a little bit uh, about what makes you so successful in that area. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean we do a couple of different things. I mean, we'll get, we'll get you unbalanced, okay? We'll give you a loaded nine people. Uh, we call it our jumbo package, so we'll have our five offensive linemen, and we bring our three big offensive linemen, our tight end in the game. Or we can spread you out and be an empty, or we can be in two-by-two two spread predicated on what you're doing to us. I think the more you can stay consistent within your concepts in the goal line, but at the same token, be – uh, be what's the adjective I'm looking be be more variable if you will because you're in a heavy type of set like our mm-hmm. schemes really don't change just our personnel does we'll probably run the same thing from 11 personnel to 22 personnel that we would do in unbalanced but we're just giving you a different look try to put some sprinkles on a Sunday if you will but really the concepts really don't change but it's just that we're giving you a different look be it an unbalanced look be it an open look be it an empty look um, so we have a, we have about, 
a 15-play menu that we can run from any four of those packages that we'll give you on the goal line. And it's just it's really just disguising your best plays just from different personnel. How much of a, you know, you, you mentioned bringing in nine guys, the jumbo personnel. Yep. How difficult yep. has that become in, in today's, you know, modern offenses, modern defenses, where you see obviously a lot of teams geared to stopping more of the spread type of offenses uh, how difficult does that become for a team to adjust to that? You know, putting nine big guys in there. Yeah, I think I say I think it, not so much it's adjusting. It's it's how are they going to adjust? Because if they're going to if we put nine in there and they put ten, well, see, we got someone free on the perimeter to catch the ball and just throw some type of slant or some type of concept we want out there. Um, and, and in addition to, to to what you said though too, I think because we play with such tempo that now the, the, the defensive coordinator on the other end, he's got to have adjustments for them, and they've got to be in there on the fly. It keeps them very vanilla, you know, and we can do that from the seven on in. Uh, we do that in short yards, I and mean, we, get, we get third and one on the plus 40 or minus 40. We'll get jumbo out there. So they've got to be cognizant of it on the goal line. They've got to be cognizant of us bringing heavy personnel in, you know, between the, between the uh, 30s. So, you know, and like I said, there's carryover because it's consistent to what we run if we're in three by one, if we are in a heavy set. And I'm giving away all my magic tricks here, but <laughs> you still got to line up and stop it. Yeah. But I think if there's carryover and consistency predicated on the concepts you're trying to run, regardless of what the personnel is, the kids have a fundamental base of how you're trying to attack it. Coach, as, as we approach really the, the latter half of the season, you know, I know at, at college there's a lot of times that means everybody starts to get all your film on you. They have a chance to, sure. to to break you down. How do you approach the the game planning and adding a wrinkle? You know, late season. I guess that maybe breaks some tendencies that uh, have built up over the year. I mean, that's a great point. I think one of the most overlooked, um, most overlooked things that coaches don't do. Okay, is they don't rely on what their tendencies. How we go about it, we have a we have a, we assign a certain coach every week that we'll have a two tendencies. We're going to do the first tendency of what we did run pass from the prior game. And then we're going to do, so this is going to be, this is going to be our seventh game coming up. We're going to do a seven game tendency report on ourselves. You know, is there a tendency that we're throwing the ball in first down? Is there a tendency that we're running our inside zone game on first down? So how could you go about as a play quarter, uh, a play call to break your tendencies? I think that's probably the most, uh, underestimated thing that we do as a coaching staff. Um, so we, we make sure we try to handle that. Is, is there a tendency from the last game, um, what you're doing on, on second and seven? And, and, there, and we'll make cognitive notes that, hey, look, we'll sit in our game plan, man. Hey, guys, we got second and seven to ten plus. We're throwing it 80% of the time. Is there a run that we can get in second and seven to ten plus that gets us in third and five, third and four? We'll throw that in there. And we'll be cognizant of the fact to make sure we call that. So I think that's a great question. I think it's very overlooked, um, and, and I think that's the way you have to combat. You have to do a tendency report on yourselves because I think there will be um, some adjustments that needed to be made, uh, regardless of <coughs> excuse me of the upcoming week. Coach, it's always easy to get caught up talking offense with you and talking scheme, but you know you've had success over the course of your career, and I know as a head coach, you do much more than just put a hell of an offense together. Um, you know, as you progress through the season, what types of things are you doing to continue to, to build the culture that you have in place that obviously is giving you the foundation for success? 
Yeah, I think so. We had a bye week this week. I think you always got to rely basically on your fundamentals and techniques. So, you know, we had three practices this week. Uh, we'll, we'll, and we we went back and we were doing ball security drills. We were doing takeaway drills. Uh, our offensive line, we're doing footwork and protections. You know, I, I think you have to be able to maintain your fundamentals and technique. Okay, we didn't put anything new in. We didn't even start the game plan for next week. Uh, we just wanted to go back to tackling, blocking, securing the football, and taking the football away. Because at the end of the day, that's going to win you more football games than not. Uh, and I think that's what we that's what that's what we have done. We've been successful with it in the past, and uh, and it's worked for us. Yeah, it's certainly something that that uh, maybe gets undervalued as you get into the year, and, and you know you get caught up on a whiteboard there trying to scheme up things. That it really comes down to that execution, which again, just like you oh, mentioned, no question about it. You can I tell our coaches all you can be as good as you want to be on the whiteboard, but if you lose focus on your fundamentals and techniques, everything goes out the window. Um, so. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking this time during your bye week, and I look forward to, you know, talking ball again with you this off season. It was great to have you on the podcast, and you know, uh, let let you shine a little light on some of the things you're doing here during the season, and and uh, best wishes for uh, you know continued success as you go through uh, the rest of 2017 here. Keith, always a pleasure to talk ball with you guys. Anything can help you guys ever, and the coaches out there, I'm always uh, willing to do so. I appreciate you having me on, and and uh, talk to you guys soon. Again, for listening to Coaching Coordinator, check out our new website, coachingcoordinator.com. We have our show notes over there, and we'll have some great content in our blogs as well as we continue to grow. And follow me on Twitter, at Coach K. Grabowski.